Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. Great to have you with us. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church, and I'm joined as always by my friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Mr. Jeff Luddington. How you doing today, Jeff? That's me, right? That's you, man. I know. I know. It's, it was Name Easter week the, last week. You're probably, wasn't in the notes. You're probably sure not all here, me. man. I'm good, man. I, spring break. We uh, we had a good spring break. We had good, I hate good, good Friday services. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, we had great Easter services, eight baptisms. In fact, one of the students that we, you and I both know from here, he's my student this semester, uh, ended up coming to church, came to faith, got baptized on Easter. So I'm kind of riding... Uh, that high. I mean, uh, that is every bit of why we do this, right? True, true. Super cool. Yeah. And that's that's something I talk to my students about too, is just Easter is great, but how do we mm-hmm. keep that going? How do you live in light of that? So yeah. something that we touched on before as we were doing our series on the catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism, and something we can talk about later. We've got uh, our questions from the classroom series going right now, where we're taking questions from our students in our classes and trying to answer them in our podcast. And uh, today's question is very you know, interesting. Really quick, man. Heidelberg Catechism and questions from the classroom really makes us sound smarter than we are. We sound smarter. Yeah, but let's not let the audience okay. know that. Never mind. It makes us sound smarter Okay. because we are smarter. I need to be taller. That's what I need. All right. <laughs> you sound taller. Okay, good. If that helps. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, some of these questions have just been... Uh, just fun to talk about and and dig into and look at. And we're looking at some questions today, and this is going to go on probably for another couple of episodes. There's so many questions in this area, questions about heaven and what heaven's going to be like and and what we're going to be like. I think a lot of these questions would fall into the range of curiosity. Sure, We'd like to know answers, but we're okay not knowing answers. Um, And sometimes we just can't know the answers. But here's the questions for today. Somebody asked, when we get to heaven... Are we going to recognize each other? Like an example they gave was, uh, will we see our parents and our family members as parents and family members, or will they be strangers? Will right. we treat everybody the same? Uh, the question came up as well from someone else. Will our spouses, our, our romantic relationships still be a big part of our lives? And so some of those things are addressed in Scripture, and some of those things we're just not quite sure of. So what do you have for those? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one of my high school seniors has a spouse. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think what you said earlier, and I, I couldn't repeat it back to you verbatim, but uh, some of these things, they're definite curiosities. Um, I don't think they have a bearing on our faith today necessarily, right? It's not like the answer to this question changes, you know, what job I take or, you know, what church I go to or, you know, is my salvation secure or anything like that. But it is definitely a curiosity. Um, and I think you're right. Some of these are, I think we have some inclinations and, and that's normally I give an answer I deeply believe in. And I, I believe everything we're going to say today, but I also just want to premise it that we're going to look at two passages that give us some ideas but don't actually directly address all the questions. And so it gives us some some facts, details, things that kind of point us in a direction. 
um, you know, like a compass, but I, I don't know that it's actually like the, you know, the little checkered flag at the end of the GPS. You know, it doesn't actually bring us there, right? The first one is Matthew 22, and uh, there's this weird conversation. The Sadducees, uh, normally it's the Pharisees or the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but in this case, it's the Sadducees who come to Jesus. And they ask, and they ask, they tell this crazy story, and it, you have to kind of understand some Old Testament Judaism cultural direction by God. And they say, okay, so if a man marries a woman and then he dies without giving her children, the brother is supposed to step up, marry her, and give her a, a, an heir, right? A male child that uh, can be the inheritance, and then he can go have his own family and do whatever, right? And he says, but uh, so a man dies and his brother steps up, but they don't have any kids and he dies. And then there's another one. It goes on seven times. She has seven brothers. Uh, she's married to or, you know, has been with these seven brothers and never gets a kid. And so the question is now, whose wife is she after the resurrection, right? Jesus answered, he says, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God interesting statement. He just leads with, you're wrong. But he says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Really, really interesting um, how Jesus, who is creator of God and, you know, gave marriage, designed marriage, um, gives us this, hey, in eternity, marriage isn't a thing. You don't get married and you aren't married. Uh, it's an interesting passage. True. I always thought, too, when I read this, it seems like overkill from the Sadducees, right? right? They're, why not just ask the question with two brothers or three brothers? Why do they go sure. for seven? It's like they're trying to prove something. Yeah, so it's, there's a bit of redundancy. There's symbolic language in the seven. It's this, you know, kind of a completion number. Um, I, I, lots of Christians have, um, especially, I think, in the 80s, uh, that movement of the church or that era of the church had a lot of deep ties to numbers, 40, 7, 10, whatever, 3. And I think it's just overkill, like you said. I think they're asking this question. Um, but it's interesting. It's Sadducees, right? And uh, if you're unfamiliar with Sadducees and Pharisees, Sadducees were the cultural liberals, right? Pharisees were the cultural conservatives. Um, kind of think Republican and Democrat a bit. Uh, think Christian Democrat would be more like a Sadducee. Christian Republican would be more like a Pharisee. Pharisees tended towards the legalistic side. The uh, Sadducees tended towards the cultural liberalism side where they were barely distinct from culture. And they didn't believe in an afterlife. And so they come to Jesus just trying to trap him in a question, right? They don't even really believe the answer. It's like saying, hey, does so-and-so go to heaven or hell? And you don't even believe in heaven or hell. It's, it's that kind of thing. So it is, it's just overkill. Um, there's another one. It's, just, it's five chapters earlier, and this is an actual, instead of a hypothetical question, this is actually something that happens, and you can read more about this. The first one was in Matthew 22. This is Matthew 17, uh, for verses like 1 through 8. I'm just going to read a couple of them, but uh, this is the transfiguration of Jesus. Jesus actually transforms or transfigures right in front of the disciples, and so it says they go up a hill, and Jesus changes his image. He becomes uh, almost like the description of angels that we hear about. And it says in verse 2, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So let me comment just for a minute. So Peter, James, John, Jesus go up on a mountain, and Jesus is transfigured. Peter, James, and John are there. And it says, Behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So it appeared to everybody, but talking with Jesus. 
And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I'll make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Um, funny, because Peter says lots of kind of crazy things, right? Now, Moses and Elijah probably don't need tents, right? And, you know, it's just kind of a funny passage, but it's also a very profound passage. This is another passage where God speaks from heaven, say, you know, proclaiming, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Uh, so Jesus speaks, I mean, God speaks about Jesus, not for Moses and Elijah's behalf, because clearly they know it, but for the disciples, like, like, hey, this is super important. What's interesting is Peter names Moses and Elijah. Now, they've long since been dead, and yet somehow, some way, Peter recognizes the um, pre-resurrection body, but post-death, I don't know what you call that, but like the, 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 the Moses and Elijah, who are both men with God, in the presence of God, Peter, who's not dead, he's here human on earth, somehow intuits and knows exactly who they are. Right. He wouldn't have had pictures of them. He wouldn't have had paintings of them. He couldn't look up their social media profile. I mean, Elijah's got a smoking Instagram page. I mean, he's <laughs> just, uh, you know, he's on fire. But uh, that's, yeah, all kinds of stilly jokes there. But right. No reference point. Right. No paintings, no social media, no pictures, no Polaroids, no nothing. But Peter knows. And so I find this to be insightful. It's not definitive, but it's insightful. So tell me again, like, so what are the questions we're looking at today? And I want to try and kind of put ideas on both sides of them. Right. So the questions were, are we going to recognize each other in heaven? Are we going to see our parents as parents, our family members as family members? Are we still going to have relationships um, with our spouses or right. significant others? Those are the questions that the kids were asking about. Yeah. So the Peter recognizing, and I don't know how else to say this, but long dead you know, not physically dead, but spiritually alive, showing up in physical form somehow, Peter recognizes Moses and Elijah. So, and he's not even in heaven. Like it's on earth, he recognizes them and he has no framework. So I believe what we learn here is, or at least what we can believe is that we will recognize people. If I bump into you in heaven, and I mean, that's, that's a huge if. I mean, <laughs> you're going to be there. I might make it in. Who knows? But if I bump into you in heaven, um, other than, you know, saying, excuse me, I'm going to recognize, hey, that's Rob Samuelson, right? Um, then on the other side, the third question, will our spouses or romantic relationships still be a big part of our lives? So what I would say is they won't be spouses, according to what Jesus said. Will they still be a big part of our lives is a nuanced question. Um, the other one is, will we see our parents as family or strangers? And my guess here, because of Peter's recognition, is we'll see them, we'll recognize them. I don't know that we have any idea that family relationships are either, one, important in eternity, or two, different than other relationships. And before people freak out, let me just say this. Marriage is given as an image of God and Israel in the Old Testament, Jesus and the church in the New Testament, right? Marriage is given before sin, so it's not a bad institution of some sort. It's not some fallen thing, right? Um, but it's given to give us the in-person closest thing we have as a relationship, and, and it's to teach us, right? And so we won't need that necessarily in heaven. We will be 
the literal bride of Christ. I know the church is called that now, but we will be that connected to God, right? And, you know, we see God walking and talking with Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Bible does tells this story of from garden to city to kingdom, right? This growth, and it has lots of flaws in the middle, but it gives us this picture. And so I think we're so in God's presence, and we're so connected to one another, even the non-spouse family members, but we're all the family of God, right? I think the other relationships come up, and the ones that we think are super important kind of remain, but are more equal to others, if you will, like my relationship with you will be equal, I think, maybe, to my relationship with my wife or something. I don't know. I mean, like, it seems like we all become the family of God. I can't say that definitively. All I can say is recognition and not married. I think those two are kind of our boundaries, um, but it seems to be become much more corporate. And the only image I could give today is that's what the church today should be. It should be a family of families. My relationship to you through the local church should be very connected, more than most churches and Christians tend towards. What do you think? Great. No, I think it's, it's interesting. We're looking at these examples from the Bible and saying, okay, this is, this is what we know. Right. These, are, these are people who are living, who are recognizing people who are long since dead. Yeah. So not dead to dead. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hesitated using dead because Jesus tells the Sadducees, don't you know God is the God of the living, not of the dead. And so they're, they're physically dead, but they're spiritually very alive. And they show up in form, not necessarily physical human form. They show up. But he recognizes, Peter has no way of knowing who they are and recognizes them. And I think that's a compelling thought for me. True, true. And I think, too, it brings up this question that we just finished with Easter, the Easter mm-hmm. story and, and Good Friday and all that. Um, there are times when Jesus, after his resurrection, is recognized right away by people. Right. There's also times, there's a story of him at the tomb, and, and Mary, I believe it, doesn't recognize him right away. The gardener. Or yeah. The, yeah, the road to Emmaus, and yeah, there's a couple right. disciples that don't recognize him. So how would, you, how would you work that into this answer? Yeah, so I think in those post-resurrection, pre-ascension moments, we have unique stories. Um, in the Luke 24 account of the road to Emmaus, um, without looking at it right now, I believe it says something kind of he hid his, uh, his identity from them. And he, as he walked with them, he didn't reveal himself to them, right? And then as he apparently serves them communion, they, they figure out who he is, right? Um, and he does so probably for a purpose. He's teaching them. He's asking them questions, teaching them things. He explains uh, a long from the law and the prophets, who the Christ is kind of thing. Um, the one with Mary is really funny. Um, as she supposes him to be the gardener, it says in the Gospel of John. And um, I, I always try and give the people in Scripture a break, right? We read it with 2,000 years of history and academia and, and teaching that goes into it. Um, and this is not the first time most people have heard that story, either Emmaus or you know, Mary in the garden tomb, a uh, tomb garden. And uh, Imagine somebody just died and you've been caring for their body inside that tomb and you show up and somebody's outside that tomb. Your last thought in the world is that that's Jesus, right? You're just, you're not thinking that because that's never happened. It's never happened since. So it's not like we would think that either. So I was trying to give everybody a break. Like they were going through something that had never happened. She didn't recognize him. 
maybe he hid his identity. Maybe he slowly reveals. I don't know. But I always try and think through the lens of they're human. They're living a real life and have real, you know, paradigm kind of blinders on, if you will. They have no reason to think that's Jesus. It's probably a gardener in the, in the garden, right? You know, so, yeah, I always try and give them a break. Yeah, great points. And I, I think um, that's going to help for some of these students who ask these questions. Again, it's not a, a deal breaker. Right. Right. I've never talked to somebody who said, oh, in the heaven you're talking about, the Christian heaven, I'm not going to be married to my wife anymore, so therefore I'm out. I'm going to right, right. go find a better heaven, a better religion. Yeah. Um, but it's stuff we love to, we'd love to talk about, we'd love to know. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be looking at this for a couple of weeks. We've got right. a lot of questions from students. And I would encourage our listeners as well, if you have questions, mm-hmm. if you have comments, if you want clarification on something we just said, um, send us an email because we will look at those and we will work them into our, our upcoming episodes. Uh, the email address is questions at generations.email. And it's just fun to ask these questions and talk about these questions and, and uh, see if we can dig up some answers from Scripture, not just from what we'd like to have happen, but what right. Scripture actually says. So that was great. Uh, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please share it. Even if you didn't, share it, because, you know, who are you? To make to decide somebody else can't listen to it, right? <laughs> right. There goes all our listeners. Maybe somebody else. There goes it. both our listeners. There you go. <laughs> so share it, like it, subscribe to it, um, listen to it with someone else, and, and talk about it and, and discuss. You know, maybe you were raised with some different ideas on some of these things. So we appreciate you listening, and we look forward to uh, having you with us again. We release a new episode every Tuesday, so join us again next Tuesday. God bless you. Have a great week. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.